Aren't you thankful for the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost that's here tonight? Could we thank the Lord for allowing us to be in his presence tonight all across his house? Why don't you just spend a few seconds and thank him? Thank you, Holy Ghost. We are honored to be here. We only had to find our way around two wrecks on this trip. Take a few roads that I've probably never been down before to make it around those. Drive fast enough to make the people you pass angry. But we made it here tonight. Glad that my brother was able to come with me. He's going to be married not this Friday, but the next. And so this is... Uh, the greatest gift I ever gave him is I prayed his wife through. But she didn't claim it until she got what he calls the Colby Ghost. He laid hands on her and she claimed the Holy Ghost when he laid hands on her. And she's had it ever since. It, uh, it took him a little while to get her to look our direction but once she did she follows him around like a puppy tonight's the last night that he'll be able to be with me somewhere evangelizing that he's not married and for a few years he traveled with me just about everywhere so tonight's a special night for us and my little cousin, he bailed on me this morning. He had to work, finish up a job doing plumbing at a Baptist church. Can't believe he backslid like that. But I'm glad my brother came. Wife and I got home from Memphis about 1.30 this morning. And then I left, headed here about 3.15 today. And we're here... And we're happy to be here. I want to go to Ezekiel 47 and 1. Honor Pastor Stevenson, his wife, their children tonight. I'm so thankful to know these people. They are the real deal. And I have not preached anywhere in the last number of months that I have not talked in a positive manner about this church and your leaders. I've talked about you all to quite a few different people. And it's it's like the one place in the Bible, you know, the half's not been told. you got to see it to believe it. Anybody know we're a blessed people? We're a blessed people. This is a blessed church. You're the apple of God's eye. Ezekiel 47 and 1, afterward he brought me again under the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. 
For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then he brought me out of the way of the gate northward, and he led me about the way without under the other gate, by the way that looketh eastward, and behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand, and he brought me through the waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country, and they go down into the dry place, the desert. And they go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the water shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish. Somebody say harvest. Because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed. And everything shall live whither the river cometh. And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi even unto Eniglaim. They shall be a place to spread forth nets. In other words, this river is going to flow in such a way that it's going to make fishing easier. Their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea exceeding many. But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt, and by the river upon the bank thereof on this side and on that side shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaf shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit, according to his months, because their waters, they issued out of the sanctuary, the church, the temple, Wallace Ridge Pentecostal Church, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. We've got provision, healing, Medicine, fruit, harvest, all because of a flow. I feel the flow in the room tonight. And with that flow comes everything that we just read in Scripture. Now what you must understand is that this river in Ezekiel was not a natural river. There had never been a river flow out of Jerusalem until Acts chapter 2 and when revival broke out in the upper room and the Holy Ghost was poured out and when they opened up the doors and they hit the street 
They went from ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, neck deep, and they went swimming. I'm glad that we get to take part in what started in Acts chapter 2. And that this river isn't becoming more shallow as the days go by. This river isn't losing its capacity to heal and deliver as its days go by. But the flow of the Holy Ghost is getting stronger and greater and mightier. There's something that wants to move in this house before this service is over with. I felt impressed in my spirit that there are some people in this room that have been going to church for a while, but you've not been renewed in the spirit in a long time. Jesus doesn't want anybody to leave this house tonight without the Holy Ghost. It's not the will of God that a man or a woman leave this house without a renewing or refreshing. Would you lift your hands to the Lord all across this house and begin to pray tonight that he would refresh our spirits. Come on, I need your help tonight. Ask Jesus, let the supernatural river flow. Come on, somebody pray that. I really don't want to finish this message tonight. I'd rather that a river break out and touch every elder, every young person, every middle-aged person. Come on, I feel it starting to bubble up. I, I feel that brook starting to babble and make a little bit of noise. Come on now. Come on now, let that flow. I don't want to be long tonight. I just want the river to flow. I want God to come down to where you're at in life and let the river flow. God bless you. You can be seated. Crystal River, the state of Florida, has 30 springs that make up silver springs. And they produce a daily flow. Somebody shout daily. A daily flow. 500 million gallons of crystal clear, 72 degree fresh water. The flow works its way down the Crystal River and eventually to the Okalawa River, to St. John's, and to the Atlantic Ocean. This Crystal River is renewed. Somebody say renewed. It is renewed with fresh water, Pastor Stevenson, every 38 minutes. Every 38 minutes. It's renewing keeps it so pure and clear that you can see all the way to the bottom, make out the fish, make out the stones, even at the deepest points of over 30 feet deep. Brother Frederick, that's an awesome story. What are you wanting to preach to me tonight? What I would like to start out 
in an attempt to preach to you tonight is this. If a river would request to be renewed every 38 minutes, then surely the church of God Almighty could be renewed every service. And if there is a river, a natural river in the state of Florida that has a renewing every 38 minutes that pumps a daily flow of 500 million gallons of crystal clear 72 degree fresh water, I believe that God doesn't want us to go one night, one day, one prayer meeting without being able to say, I'm more fresh now than I was when I first started praying. I didn't come tonight to entertain you with a good message, but I came to initiate a flow. The Lord wants every man and every woman in this house to have a fresh flow of the Spirit before you leave. It's not the will of God that you leave tonight trying to remember the last time you spoke in other tongues. It's not the will of God that you leave tonight wondering if God was in the room. No, I wonder if there's anybody in the house that would lift your hands and lift your voice and realize Brother Frederick isn't trying to hype me up, but he's trying to help me get a hold of a flow. Why don't you start praying in the spirit tonight and go beyond the initial utterance and say, Lord, I don't want to just stop at stammering in a, in, a, in, a, in a new way. I don't want to just stop at speaking in an unknown tongue. I don't want to stop until it feels fresh. I want it to feel anew. I want to feel something set down in my spirit that I haven't felt in a long time. Your Bible said to be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're struggling, you just need a fresh flow. If you're dealing with depression, you need a fresh flow. If you're dealing with sin, you need a fresh flow. If you're dealing with issues in your home, your house needs a fresh flow. Oh, Jesus, let this river flow into this church tonight from heaven and then flow out of this church into the spirit of every man and woman in this room. Then let every man and woman in this room take this river onto the job. Let them take it into their vehicle. I believe it'd be all right if somebody rode home tonight in your truck speaking in other tongues. You forgot to even cut on the radio. You were carried to your truck and then when you got in there, you spoke in tongues all the way home. I think it'd be good tonight for somebody to go to bed speaking in other tongues. I think it'd be great for somebody to wake up in the morning speaking in other tongues. I don't want to get into Kookyville to where you think I'm out of my mind tonight, but if you've never woke up in the middle of the night speaking another tongue, you're missing out. If you've never dreamed that you were speaking in other tongues and then woke up speaking in other tongues, you don't know what you're missing out on. Oh, Jesus, let there be a hunger come in this room tonight. 
Now, I've preached about a lot of things in, in this church, in this revival, but right now, what I'm just trying to preach about is a fresh flow of the church. I'm not even really worried about the miracle signs and wonders. I just need a freshness. I want to walk in a new place with God, a, a fresh place with God. I don't want to live my life with a stale tongue where it sounds the same way it sounded for 15 years. We had a woman just last night. I preached along these lines. She came to the altar and grabbed her pastor. She said, you got to pray for me. I got the Holy Ghost here six years ago. Now, mind you, she comes by that church and she prays every day. I haven't seen her miss a service so far. Her boy got the Holy Ghost in that revival thus far. But she said, I haven't spoken in other tongues since the day that I got the Holy Ghost. And until tonight, I didn't realize that that was a problem and that that was wrong. If you don't remember the last time you spoke in other tongues, it's time for God to renew your strength and to resuscitate that river inside of your spirit. Somebody needs to tell the Lord, I don't want to swamp. I don't want a dead sea. I don't want a saltwater ocean. I want a river to flow. If it's got to start out like a stream and then turn into a brook, that's all right. But somehow, Lord, let it become a river that rages until it touches my mind. A river that rages until it touches my marriage. A river that rages until it touches my children. A river that rages until it touches my body. Somebody hasn't got a hold of that river yet. A river that rages until it answers my prayers. A river that rages until it carries my joy back into my life. A river that rages until I don't sleep and wake up with torment, but I wake up with peace and joy. I want to tell you tonight that that river can drive every devil out of your living room. That river can drive every devil out of your mind. That river can bring revival to you. And then as it brings revival to you and you walk in the spirit, they'll smell that fresh water when you come walking by. There's nothing like a fresh river to make a dry soul thirsty. I remember down in Beaumont, Texas, we were sitting down in a restaurant with Pastor Carr and his family and my wife, and a man got up from a table weeping and crying and going, oh, oh, and making all kinds of noise in that restaurant, Pastor Stevenson. And he got up and did it over and over again. Finally, he gets up and he goes to the restroom and he's just watching his tears running down his face. And finally, he gets up, his wife and himself are, are headed out of the restaurant. He's got a tissue in his hand, wiping his eyes. He stopped. He said, I don't know who you people are, but when you came into this restaurant, something came in this restaurant with you. It's been reaching over and touching me at my table. He said, I can't take my eyes off of you. It's like it's bringing life to me. It's moving me. I'm not really a weeping man, but it's making me weep. Let me preach about revival tonight and tell you that before we have a harvest that reaches our family, we got to have a river that revives our spirit. I wish everybody in this room would stand and lift your hands and your voice in this house and ask the Lord to bring you that river.
Come on. Bring me that river, Holy Ghost. The Bible said, prophetically of the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, he that believeth on me, you know the rest of the verse, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow. It's not struggling to make its way through. It's not wrestling its way through. There's a free flow. I walked into this house tonight and I said to myself, my God, it feels crystal clear. My God, it feels like there's a river here. My God, it feels like somebody's repented. Somebody's laid down some idols. Somebody's been throwing some things out of their life. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. If you got the Holy Ghost, you need to turn loose tonight and let it flow. Jesus is coming and looking for church people tonight that don't remember the last time they spoke in tongues. And perhaps Jesus is also looking for some that have been speaking in tongues. But it is a copycat of a past experience. It's stale. It's dry. You don't remember the last time you felt God. It's not the will of God that you speak in a stale tongue for the rest of your life. He can give you bread for today. He can bring you manna for today. You can be seated. He can bring you a fresh river for today. And I don't believe in this doctrine that's crept into Pentecost. Before I address this one doctrine, I want to address another one that comes to mind because there is a doctrine that has moved through Pentecost because of the charismatic movement that you can come up to somebody and say, say after me. And somebody that hasn't even repented of their sins can go, and all of a sudden we claim that they got the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, a tongue without an utterance is not of God. If there is no utterance from God, it's not of God. I don't care how good it sounds. If that river's not coming from heaven into your spirit, it's time to get the river moving again. If when you finish speaking in other tongues, you don't feel clear on the inside, something's wrong. That doctrine, it's a sensational doctrine so that you can get your numbers up. We come and we have 30 people come to the altar and we get with a bunch of people that's never been around an apostolic church before and they're half scared out of their mind and we tell them, it's like one man I heard tell the other day. He said there was a woman in a church that he was preaching in and she stood to her feet and she said, Tay, 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 And the self-appointed interpreter got up and began to say what God had been saying. And the woman stood up, not satisfied, and she said, Tay, 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 Tay. And he got up and he said, The Lord said the same thing. 
Same message. Let me tell you, that's not God. God is not the author of confusion. And when it's the real thing, you feel a connection. I'm not interested in us having 50 people come into this church on a Monday night and get the Holy Ghost and not really get the Holy Ghost. But the way that we make sure that people get the real thing is we make sure that we're walking with the real thing. Because if you've really got the Holy Ghost, you'll have enough discernment within you that you'll be able to say, that ain't it, that ain't it, that's not it. We gotta keep going, we gotta keep pushing. We're not gonna let them go home with a counterfeit dollar bill. We're gonna make sure they really get the riches of heaven before they leave. We're gonna go beyond just this little blabbering they got going on. They're gonna speak in other tongues. It's gonna be an utterance that's connected with their effort. And it's gonna sound like heaven. But as we've addressed that doctrine, that false doctrine of sensationalism, that you can just work people up into a, a place of emotionalism. And, and must I remind us tonight that all emotion is not godly. Esau, the Bible said, he wept and he sought repentance, but he sought it with the wrong motive. He sought it bitterly with tears. In other words, he wanted to keep his sin and keep God. He wanted, it was the kind of a praying people pray when they're just sorry they got caught. And they get emotional because they realize I, I want to keep this and now I'm weeping and crying and it looks like I'm being touched by God but really what it is is I'm just mad that I've got caught and I'm embarrassed and I don't want to let it go. But emotion that comes from God right before you start praying in the Holy Ghost doesn't make you desire the sin. It makes you desire your Savior. And when you get the revelation that Jesus wants to pull you from your sin and give you a fresh flow of the Spirit, you say, there's nothing too big that I'm not willing to give to God. There's nothing too dark that I'm not willing to give to God. There's nothing that I love too much that I'm not willing to hand off and give to God. I'm not weeping because I want to keep my sin or keep my idol. I'm weeping because I want to get a hold of God and he's moving through me in a way that I'm so honored that I can feel his presence. I may not understand everything that's going on, but it's opened up a flow inside of me. It's opened up a flow in my emotional system. I think the days of people coming to the altar and speaking in tongues and never showing any kind of emotion, we need to draw a line in the sand and say that day's over with. If they're going to come to this altar and claim the Holy Ghost, there's going to be some signs showed on their face. I don't believe you can get the Holy Ghost and never be broken. I don't believe that it's scriptural that you can get the Holy Ghost and never repent. I do believe that there are people that speak in other tongues that have not repented. But I do not believe that's a tongue from God. The Bible said repent and be baptized and ye shall 
received the gift of the Holy Ghost. In other words, I mean, you could study your Old Testament tonight if you needed to. Fire don't fall until something's dead and the sacrifice is accepted by God. So how on earth can people get the Holy Ghost having not repented? How on earth can the fire fall and them not be dead? I'll give you the answer. They can't. It's a copycat. It's a counterfeit. It's not the real thing. Then you have people that they struggle living for God and a couple years go by and they completely leave the church because they were never completely and totally converted because they never completely repented. We started viewing repentance like it's a curse word. Repentance is not a curse word. Neither is repentance a curse. It's one of the greatest blessings God has ever given you. It's one of the greatest gifts God has ever given you. And what we've got to wake up and realize tonight, God is not asking us to repent so that he can cast us out. God is asking us to repent so that the river can flow in our life. He wants to turn the river loose in your life. But the only way to get the river is you've got to dig out the debris with repentance. And that doctrine that says you speak in tongues one time and that's enough is a false doctrine. That is not a biblical doctrine. You mean to tell me that you can go a decade, years, without renewing and then demand that the new baby speak in tongues. How can you save others if you're not saved? It's a continual flow. It's a continual connection. You're not raptured off of five years ago. You're raptured off of the river of now. He gave you the opportunity when you got the Holy Ghost to stay in that river. It started out ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. It progresses. What's going on? When you first get the Holy Ghost, all you can handle is ankle deep water. After a little while, all you can handle is knee deep water. And finally, as you mature in God, you shouldn't become more shallow. I don't believe it's the right mindset for us to say the new convert outshouts the church. I don't think that makes scriptural sense. We ought to shout more the longer we got the Holy Ghost. We ought to pray deeper the longer we got the Holy Ghost. We ought to live more holy and more separate the longer we've got the Holy Ghost. More faithful, more with a worshiper spirit, more with a praiser's mindset. When's the last time you clapped your hands? When's the last time you shouted amen? When's the last time you worshiped God with all of your heart? You're not saved off of talking in tongues two revivals ago. What is going on in your spirit tonight? What is going on in this church tonight? It is a continual flow. It is a progressive river. It is never satisfied until it consumes you. And you can't just walk ankle deep in it. You've got to dive in and go swimming. You ought to look at your neighbor right now and say, you got to help me get into the deep. Somebody in this room has got to get an elder to teach them how to swim into the deep. 
I'm not interested in living in the dimension of ankle deep. I'm not interested in staying in the knee deep. I'm not interested in staying in waist deep or neck deep. If there's water that I can't pass over, then it's time for me to go swimming. It's time for me to go into the depths of that water and begin to reap a harvest. It's a beautiful thing when you get the understanding that when you get in the deep, you can swim as far to the north, as far as the south, as far as the east and as the west, and you can never touch a corner. You can swim as deep as you want and never touch bottom. You can swim from miracle to miracle and never run out of miracles. You can swim from blessing to blessing and never run out of blessings. You can swim from healing to healing and never run out of healing. Somebody's got to dive in and go deep tonight. I want you to lift your hands right now. Jesus, I curse that doctrine tonight that says I'm faithful, but I'm not full, and that's enough. I curse the doctrine that says I don't remember the last time that I spoke in tongues, but I still dress holy. And I'm all right. I felt Jesus starting to minister in this room. Oh, Lord, don't let me be satisfied with a marsh when I can live in the river. I've come to drive out the bacteria that's in somebody's spirit tonight. I've come to drive out the alligators and the mosquitoes and the the toads and the the water moccasins. I've come to dig up the debris tonight. Let the crane operator of heaven bring that crane into the service and drop a net down and let us load that net up and, and Michael and Gabriel lean back with all of their strength and begin to pull some things out of the atmosphere of our spirit and our mind. Lord, don't let me live in a marsh. Somehow make me dissatisfied with a swamp and let me desire a river. A swamp is dead. A swamp has got poison in its water. But when there's a flow, there's no death. It brings life to everything that it touches. It's a river that's never satisfied. Anybody here ever seen the Grand Canyon? That river isn't nothing like some of the other great rivers. It's not like the Mississippi or like the Nile, but it's not satisfied. It just keeps drilling through the rock. It just keeps digging down to the bottom. That river's not satisfied until all of the rock in your spirit is dug out. All of the muck and all of the mire. I know in a revival, it's just there's murky things underneath the surface. When you get that river flowing, it begins to wash out those murky things. Wash out those murky thoughts. Wash out those murky opinions. Wash out those murky sins. David said he put a new song in my mouth. Mark said, you'll speak in new tongues. That's plural. 
He's saying, you don't just come into this thing and sing one song. You don't just come into this thing. I feel the Lord starting to build something up in the spirit, Brother Fuquay. I, I feel Jesus coming to minister to some people. You don't just come in here and speak in tongues once a week. I need the Lord to wake me up in the night with a visitation. I want to be driving to work, speaking in other tongues. I, I want to feel a draw to come into this house and pray. Jesus, let me go swimming down that river tonight. I feel the weight. Come on. Something's about to hit this room. I feel it coming. I feel it building. I feel it moving. Jesus don't want to give this hundred this church a hundred soul revival and you not be full. He don't want to fill up the church and you not be full. Come on now, there's something trying to move. Come on, somebody begin to worship God right there where you're at. It's all right to rock and pray. It's all right to let that river move. Come on, young people, let the river move. Come on, young married, let the river move. Come on, middle age. Come on, elders, let it move. Let that river consume you. When that river starts moving, you won't be able to stop your emotions. Tears will finally break. Come on. If you need to repent, you repent, but then you start worshiping when you're finished repenting. Woo! I want you to stand. I told you I wouldn't be long. I normally don't do this. But I feel that there's somebody in here that you feel dry. You're just going to have to trust your church and trust what I'm feeling in God. There's somebody here, you've been coming faithful, you're not in sin. But you just feel like there's something wrong with the flow. I feel like Jesus wants to get your flow back tonight. What I'm asking is that whoever this person is, I'm going to give you a moment, an opportunity <clears throat> before I give us an opportunity as a whole. But let me tell you whoever you are, <clears throat> If you break and respond to this altar the way you need to, it's going to break something open in this church at a level unprecedented. Go ahead, brother. Come on, that's called humility. That's not an admission to sin. That's called humility. I don't believe there's anything wrong with this man. 
It's just a hunger for a flow. Come on, I, I want a few of you that you feel that resonating. You feel it coming into your spirit. I want you to break and come. Come on, the rest of us, come on.